Adam Hine mentioned number two in the country, returning kickoffs. Here he goes with another big one. Lee sacked. And it's Fanoy again. And Taysom's going to throw it again. Looks deep downfield. There's Hoffman. Touchdown. I just kind of set my guy up and broke. And uh, Taysom just threw a good ball, led me out, and just kind of came down with it. Bill sets his feet. There's Hoffman again. Georgia Tech right at midfield. Still waiting for the game's first turnover. There it is. Lonnie's interception was huge. I thought that was a huge play to, to have a little um, breathing room. Yellow Jackets will run it on third and nine. The ball's out on third down and ten. Here comes pressure, and down goes Lee, and it's Hadley with the sack. Lee sacked, and it's Vannoy again. Bill with some room. Shakes one, picks up the first down, and is out at the five. I think we're just gaining momentum. Next on BYU Sports Nation, three straight wins for BYU football and three straight games. The Cougar defense has scored senior linebacker Austin Jorgensen joins us live to recap his best game as a BYU Cougar. ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich joins us for another Maddich Monday. Why the Cougars' next two games could make or break the season and get BYU back in the national limelight. Plus, BYU legend Austin Colley steps up big time on a big-time NFL stage, and BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins stops by the studio. One hour of awesomeness goes now. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Monday, October 14th, bring it on. I'm Spencer Linton, or as BYU Radio Station Manager Don Shaline calls me, Spencer Teamed up with Jerem Jordan here at the BYU Broadcast Building, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. I love Mondays. Wait, what? Yes, especially after a great weekend of football. BYU riding a three-game win streak. Fifth-year senior Austin Jorgensen had a career night against Georgia Tech. The BYU defense continues to impress. And from a national standpoint, Trevor Maddich will sound off on that. And of course, the always entertaining Jeff Judkins, former Boston Celtics player, has some stories on Larry Bird and of course knows a thing or two about BYU women's basketball. Yeah, it's a loaded show and it always feels good on a Monday when BYU wins and BYU wins soundly. Should have been a 25-point win instead it was 18. Whatever. BYU wins by uh, you know three scores and a really solid performance heading into a very important game with Houston. That was a 38-20 to win, but it still feels like a 38-13 win, given that that touchdown came in the last minute. And after a 55-yard run. and Anyway, it was an impressive performance. Whatever, man. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I love that Dave McCann on the BYU game day replay. Still looking for, still looking first, for turnover. The first turnover. There it is. And like <laughs> .5 seconds later, Alani Fua picks it off and runs back for a pick six. And so, that was great. Uh, I, I, the word that came to mind was uncanny. And then our producer, Ben Badley, is like, Huh, that's funny. D- Dave McCann. <laughs> Uncanny. I-, I didn't even put it together. But uh, yeah. Yeah, can. You know, sometimes that <laughs> happens. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. You can also catch the show 
on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. That is how you listen, sports friends, and this is how you join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. What's the biggest headline from Saturday's win over Georgia Tech? Leading the way right now. Well, let me give you the options. Taysom Hill and passing game improvement. Defense scores in third straight game. Hoffman and Williams get TDs. The return of Spencer Hadley. Leading the way right now, Taysom Hill and the passing game improvement. Vote on BYUTVSports.com and sound off by tweeting at Nation. A piece of news, by the way. Alani Fua, FBS Independent Defensive Player of the Week. His pick six, helping with that. He pulled a Kyle Van Noy against Utah State. He pulled a Van Noy. Who Van Noy said, Fua is better than me. I don't believe him, but I'm very glad that Fua is <laughs> just a junior and will be on the roster next year when Van Noy's graduated. Kyle, I'm sure, is teaching the young guys a thing or two. You know. So, anyway, sound off. BYUTVSports.com. You can vote on our daily poll question. What is the biggest headline from Saturday's win over Georgia Tech? Now it's time for What's Trending? What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic 1. Passing game progress. Here's Bronco Mendenhall on Taysom and his growing confidence. Taysom's confident already. Um, there's no issues with his confidence nor our confidence in him. Um, it's just great to see the team excited and see points go on the board as frequently and as fast as they were going. We, we looked really good the first half offensively. Taysom Hill, the last three games combined, 65% completion percentage, 50 of 77. He was on pace to go over 300 for the first time in his career, given that explosive first half. It slowed down in the third quarter when Georgia Tech made some adjustments. So, uh, some adjustments. so BYU still has some things to work out, but Taysom Hill is getting better and in a hurry. And he's still averaging 5.8 yards per carry during this time, where he's been sacked on two less pass attempts. Uh, for BYU, but I like what's happened. I think the BYU offense has designed itself around Taysom's capabilities, and the team that we saw against Virginia is very different from the team that we've seen against uh, Georgia Tech, and that's the goal. Get better, and at the halfway point of the year, the most likely scenario for BYU is winning four of the six games, in my opinion. BYU's 4-2. and I'm happy with where BYU's at as a fan, uh, and I think that Taysom Hill's improvement is is notable. Yeah, my first question to Bronco Mendenhall post-game uh, during our interview was compare and contrast the team against Virginia versus the one you saw tonight, and he just said, I think the results uh, and what you're seeing speak for themselves. Topic 2. The defense scores again. I think more than anything, it, it, uh, it's demoralizing to the other team. You know, any time that, that defense goes and scores, uh, it's hard to bounce back after that. And I think we saw it with Georgia Tech's demeanor as, as they uh, continued to finish the game. And uh, we really had the momentum because of that. Taysom Hill after the Georgia Tech game there. BYU's defense has scored three games in a row. They had a safety against Middle Tennessee. Kyle Van Noy had a pick six against Utah State. And Alani Fua with the pick six against Georgia Tech. Plus, the defense continues to just play well overall. Points allowed is the most important defensive stat, right? The last 23 games dating back to November 12th, 2011. BYU's given up 24 points or more one time. That stat That's will never get amazing. old. Amazing. Incredible stuff. Uh, BYU also in the Bronco Mendenhall era, 15 and 0 when the defense scores. Booyah. 15 and 0. And what did we talk about earlier in the year? The next step for the defense, forced turnovers. BYU was plus two. And scored. That helps. The last two games, that has, that's happened. 
Topic 3. It was a Spencer Hadley homecoming. Words fall short, you know what I mean? Like, that just felt great. Uh, it felt amazing to be able to be out there with the guys and then to just be able to contribute in any way possible. And, uh, man, we had a good night as a defense, and uh, it's a lot of fun to be out there with, with the guys and, and to play a game like that. So pregame, we, we had an idea that, that Spencer was going to play. We weren't sure how much, but, boy, did he make the most of it. Uh, recovered a fumble, had a big quarterback sack, and the emotion was there. You could sense uh, that he was enjoying every second of what was going on. And Bronco Mendenhall said that spiritually, kind of outweighing uh, maturity-wise, and uh, were kind of outweighing the rust Spencer had physically after the layoff. But uh, he said that he, he was doing everything he needed to do spiritually and mentally, and that's why they expedited the whole suspension process. Great to see him back on the field. Tremendous. And it surprised everybody, uh, and probably Spencer, that Friday the university said, hey, you're in good standing. You're good to go. And then so Friday the question was, will Coach Mendenhall let Spencer Hadley play in the game? And then he, he said before the game that, Yes, he'll play in the game. He won't start. Probably just special teams. But then he comes into the game, and there's some meaningful moments there in the second half where he's making big plays, like you mentioned, forcing a fumble and a quarterback hurry and getting a sack. And you could see the emotion just come out of him. So awesome that Spencer Hadley is back. Yeah, Spencer Hadley returning to the BYU linebacking core, and that'll be huge as they move forward with Houston on the schedule. And two weeks from, uh, from now, Boise State looming as the Broncos prepare to enter Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Joining us now, one of the men who had a huge night for BYU's defense, senior linebacker Austin Jorgensen had a career-high 11 tackles and one tackle for loss. Austin, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Just your thoughts, first of all, on where BYU has come from that monsoon aberration against Virginia to now dominating Georgia Tech at home last Saturday. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Everybody sees it. The biggest difference on our team right now is our offense is executing at a higher level, and it's good to see them have success out there. So. How much easier is it for the defense uh, to go out there and have the uh, you know make the plays that you need to to make with the lead? Um, it's nice, man. It's nice to have that confidence on your side that you guys that we're going to go out and we're going to get a stop. You know, so. I feel pretty good about it. Austin, after 11 tackles, uh, your body feeling any more sore, or, or is it like a welcome soreness? <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm I'm so sore, man. <laughs> mainly, it's mainly from those cut blocks, you know? You get in your knees, and I'm all bruised up. Yeah, I saw uh, Mike Haig and Sky Pove uh, interacting on social media saying, I am so glad that we don't have to play another spread option like Georgia Tech, and then hashtag no more cut blocks. Couldn't they have texted each other that, though? Probably. Austin, are you on Twitter? No, man. (laughs) <laughs> you just text people like normal, like normal yeah, people. Exactly. If you need to interact. I want to get a message out there. I talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Talking with Austin Jorgensen, fifth-year senior linebacker for BYU. A uh, couple injuries: obvi- uh, Spencer Spencer Adley's suspension, and then Tyler Beck's injuries have have uh, you've stepped up in that role uh, as one of the inside linebackers there. How how fun has it been for you to see a little more playing time the last few games? It's awesome, man. It's it's kind of like a dream come true. I've had a lot of heartbreak with injuries in the past and maybe not playing as much as I'd like and so this year's turning out 
the way I'd hoped. So I love it. Have you had any interaction? I'm talking. I'm thinking of Jordan Johnson right now and his season-ending injury. Have they come to you and and talked to you about your own experiences and how you dealt with that? Um. Yeah. I mean, I had a tough decision. They were almost going to medical me, and not even allow me to have the opportunity to play. So, uh, I just talked to the doctor this last week, and he he was thoroughly impressed with. I guess how I've played so far, so um, he's kind of glad that he didn't medical me. <laughs> I think BYU Sports Nation is glad that uh, they didn't medical you, given your career high eleven tackles and a big tackle for loss. And what was the injury that they would have medical medical you for? Um, well, I've had three sur- three shoulder surgeries on my right shoulder and two knee surgeries on my left, and wow. it's mainly going to be my knee. So. And and it's a good thing like you said, Spencer, that uh, they've needed you this year. Tell us a little bit about how you got to BYU from Mount Pleasant, Utah. <laughs> a small town, home of uh, uh, the recently deceased Jay Monson, famous uh, BYU broadcaster. Yeah. Um, I have no idea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. What high school is it in Mount Pleasant again? It's North Sampy. And okay. I, I don't know. I when I played down there, they blitzed me a lot from the inside, so I actually had led the state in sacks. I think that probably drew some attention, and then once BYU came, then the rest kind of followed. But, yeah, man, kind of a long shot that was that paid off. North San Pete, uh, I just want to know the mascot. We're the Hawks, man. The, the Hawks. North San Pete Hawks. The ho- I'm sorry I didn't know that. What, classifi- is it a, what classification <laughs> is it? 2A? Uh, we're, we're 3A. 3A? Yeah, watched out. Look out, the 3A North Sampede Hawks. <laughs> Do you follow them closely, Austin? I made an egregious error not knowing their mascot, by the way. I probably don't follow them as close as I should. I mean, they go through coaches now, like like a pair of socks. <laughs> always changing, so I don't know how they're doing this year, to be honest. Austin, Kathy Aiken spoke to you after the game uh, during the BYU TV postgame recap and, and asked you what you thought about the defense, and you said, well, we're pretty dang good. <laughs> um, and I think you've you've earned the right to say that. What is What is making the difference for BYU becoming this defensive powerhouse nationally? Uh, Coach Mendenhall is just a defensive guru. I think you guys know as well. He he gets you prepared to play. He's a smart play caller, and he puts guys in the right spot, gives them an opportunity to make plays. And so uh, we've got we've got talent on the defense that when you're put in that spot, they're able to make the play. So I think that's the biggest biggest thing in our defense. Austin Jorgensen is on BYU Sports Nation. What did it mean to have Spencer Hadley return, and when did you find out? Um, it, it's a, it's obviously a big playmaker able to come back on defense, so that was good. And I, I didn't find out. I think we found out Thursday he practiced or Wednesday. I'm not exactly sure what day it was, but kind of a shocker, yeah. Was it emotional to have him back, and, and what were your perceptions of him as he rejoined the team? Um, yeah, it was pretty uh, – they kind of just put him in there, and we didn't really know much about it, and nobody really addressed it. But a uh, good thing to have him back, and it, it, he obviously made a, a difference out there, which was nice to see him make some plays. Kyle Van Noy uh, has continued to make tremendous plays and will go down as one of the greatest linebackers in BYU history. What's it like to play on the same field as Kyle, and how much do you open up uh, 
place for him because you're uh, taking on people and he can he's freed up. <laughs> yeah, and I always I always joke with him that I'm the sacrificial lamb while he gets going and get the glory. But uh, no, he's an awesome player and he's he's pretty humble about it. I I love the guy so. Uh, yeah, we open up a lot for him because obviously he's he's got a lot of talent and he can go in and make the play. It's nice when I'm out there in coverage as well. I know that we're not going to have to cover for way too long because the guy can go in and get a sack. Tell us something about Kyle Van Noy that we don't know. Oh, uh, yes, I would know more than I do. <laughs> There's got to be something. We asked this question of Utah State head coach Matt Wells about Chucky Keaton, and he said he loves Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> what does yeah. Kyle Van Noy love? I do know that Kyle Van Noy's favorite Disney movie is Finding Nemo. That's good. So maybe you should tease him maybe about you guys that, Austin. Know more than I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you should probably bring that up with him. Ask him uh, his favorite line from Finding Nemo. Okay, Austin, looking ahead to the Houston Cougars, it's a Cougar showdown at Reliance Stadium where the Houston Texans play this Saturday. What do you know about Houston, and how much game film have you seen on them? Um, Honestly, I haven't been able to watch a lot right now. They usually upload it to my iPad, but I don't have it. Uh, I know that they're undefeated. I know that it's not going to be like a lay-down team that we can go in and walk all over. Uh, and I know that they're a little more pass-oriented than a Georgia Tech, so that's nice to know. Yes, uh, and stopping, uh, speaking of stopping that spread option and, and how physical and assignment sound you have to be against Georgia Tech, uh, is it tough to go from an opponent like that to Houston who likes to move up tempo on a week-to-week basis? Uh, yeah, I mean, the main thing is getting our bodies back recovered and not being so banged up, but I like the change-up. I think it's going to be good for our team. I think we're good. Uh, we're a good defense against a little more spread spread offense like Houston. So Houston would have your attention anyways, but the fact that they're undefeated, it's not the strongest schedule, but they've won all their games. Uh, I guess how much more of your maybe attention do they have because they played so well? Uh, I don't know that it's like extra attention because we take every opponent so seriously, but it definitely... Uh, makes you play at a little bit higher level just knowing that these guys aren't a walkover team like you said. Okay, lightning round as we talk to BYU fifth-year senior linebacker Austin Jorgensen had 11 tackles a career high against Georgia Tech. Here we go, Austin. Favorite food? Favorite food? Oh man, steak and crab legs. Steak and crab legs. That's specific. Favorite movie? Favorite movie is Braveheart for sure. Okay. Favorite teammate? Favorite teammate. <laughs> now, now you guys are going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm going to get. Listen, you have to make decisions as a linebacker. This is just another decision. <laughs> um, I'll say all the linebackers. Okay, linebacking core. That's a good, solid answer. No one can Come get mad. On. No one can get mad about that. <laughs> Very good. That wraps up the lightning round. You survived, Austin Jorgensen. We appreciate the time. Congratulations on a great performance. Again, a career high for you. And best of luck the uh, rest of the season and moving forward against Houston. Appreciate it, Austin Jorgensen joining BYU Sports Nation. It's a Cougar matchup this week, so obviously we got to bring this out. Yeah, Houston Cougars do it, do it versus again, BYU because it's Cougars and Cougars. Yeah. Now, now uh, we've looked this up, but just to remind people, there are three FBS teams with Cougars as the mascot. You'd think there'd be more, right? There's only three. BYU's played the two Washington State uh, last year and this year, and then there's none, according to my research. 
that play for FCS teams, FCS, Division FCS One level. AA. Yeah. How about that? What, what's up with that? But then you go to D two and D three, and I'm sure there's probably like forty. No, that's getting, that's just crazy. No, that's just crazy. Let's get to some tweets in the Twitter sphere uh, at BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on the poll question, which is, what is the biggest headline from Saturday's win over Georgia Tech? At G. Hansen 25, offensive improvement, especially the first half in Hills passing. Yeah, Paul Johnson, the head coach of Georgia Tech, said the first thing he said to Bronco Mendenhall after the game was, that quarterback of yours is amazing. And Paul Johnson has seen some great quarterbacks in his day. That's a guy that's been around college football for a long time. Yeah, he's already played against Logan Thomas. Um, I'm drawing a blank on Miami's quarterback. They're undefeated in top 15. And so he's Thomas is all right. But, yeah, Taysom's a special player. Like he, He's just a sophomore, and he's doing some good things. BYU's 4-2 midway through the year. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what BYU can do in the next two games to regain national relevance. Plus, former Boston Celtic and BYU women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins is in studio. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Thank you, Nate Austin. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan on Twitter. Join the show's growing following at BYU Sports Nation. Our poll question today Dealing with what you thought was the biggest storyline from the game against Georgia Tech uh, last Saturday. Jerem, do you have an update for us? Why, yes, I do. Thank you very much. Taysom, <laughs> yes. Taysom Hill and the <laughs> passing game improvements leading the way at 41%, followed by defense scores in third straight game. Hoffman and Williams get TDs, and the return of Spencer Hadley weigh in on BOATVSports.com and on Twitter at BOATSportsNation. Joining us in studio right now, entering his 12th season in charge of the BYU women's basketball team, Jeff Judkins. Welcome to the studio, Coach. Nice to be here, Spencer. It's a, it's a long ways across the street yeah, from the Marriott really Center. It's really tough. It's a you long know, When I heard ways. I had to come here, I thought, man, I might be able to walk here. The sacrifices <laughs> necessary to build a program. You're the tallest guest. Everyone BYU's and, position. And the, best, and, and, the, and the best looking. Is that right, too? Absolutely. Ooh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send out a picture after, and I'm sure I'm doing people, it right now. Yes, I'm, tw- yes. I'm tweeting a picture of you uh, playing for the Celtics. You're not really guarding this guy in this picture. I never guard anybody. All I do is score. You're a shooter, baby, shooter. <laughs> That's right, hey, coach. You uh, you played at Utah. You've coached at Utah. You coached at BYU. Uh, where do you sit when BYU plays Utah? How does that work with you? You know, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I spent a lot of time at Utah and, and played, and like you said, coached and. Now I've been here longer at BYU than I was at Utah as a coach, and I know the BYU coaches. So, you know, I know what, you know, for me, I want BYU to, right now, BYU has been, you know, for me, I want BYU to win every time, especially with the the important cup that we fight for, you know, the, the Desert 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 for, that's important. You know, you walk in that athletic office and you see that every day you walk in there and, you know, it, it looks nice to see it the board all with blue and so uh, I think that's important but you know um, I was real happy for Utah against Stanford I thought that was a a really great win for their program and really for the state of Utah I don't don't think we get enough credit um, both in football and all other sports in this state of what we produce with athletes in this state but also the college teams and uh, 
you know, to see them beat Stanford and, and, and be able to do that, I think, was really was, was a good opportunity. I know that Jerem loves when Utah beats prominent opponents so much. Not one of, my, one of my friends on Facebook said, hey, congrats to Utah. And I said, let us never utter those words. <laughs> let us never utter those words. But, well, I, but we, I agree with you. That was a huge No, it was a huge, huge win, win for them. I'm not you know, happy for you them. You know, it was a big win. And then, of course, BYU dominated Georgia Tech, which, which I think is, you know, it doesn't show up in the papers like, hey, it beat Stanford fifth grade, but they dominated them. And I think, um, and then they dominate Texas, and Texas goes and beats Oklahoma. And so you start, that's why we have to have a playoff system. You can't, you can't have a computer decide who plays what. You got to just go play the game, and whoever plays the best wins. That's just the way it happens. And so hopefully in the next few years, I know we're doing it next year for sure, but I'd like to see a 16 team. I, I, I think, how are you going to pick four teams? You know, right now, even this year. I mean, you can say Oregon and Alabama, but who's the others? You know, really. And uh, Clemson, and then who's the fourth? Yeah, but who knows Clemson? I mean, you know, they've played one tough game early in the year, and they against beat a Georgia, team. who's lost twice. Then. Yeah, okay, they yeah. played one tough game, and I've watched Georgia on TV, and I think BYU and Utah can handle their own against them, especially here. I mean, they got to come here. I don't see a lot of people want to come to either one of these their stadiums. It's not like they're knocking it down. Same with us. I mean, I try to schedule games, and nobody wants to play us. Well, why? Well, <laughs> they just don't want. They think they can get beat. So That's I know a good Dave problem. Rose has the same problem. Fear the Marriott Center. Fear. I love that you're so passionate about college football. That is awesome. Well, you know, I know Kyle really well. Was at Utah. And then, of course, Bronco, I've, I've got to know him well here, and his boys have come to my camps. And, and you know, it, people don't realize this, but coaches at BYU, we know what's going on with everybody's sport. We know kind of, and we're, we're very supportive. And I can't tell how many emails I get after a big game we win from coaches, and that, that means a lot. It really does. You played in the NBA um, I've got you down for, what was it, five seasons? Five seasons. Five seasons. Do you remember any of your uh, career averages? Because I've got some numbers here. I want to see if you remember. I had a really good rookie year. Yeah. I averaged almost eight or ten points. I play, I made second team all rookie. And then a guy named Bill Fitz showed up the next year, and that kind of ruined my – and there's also a guy named Larry Bird showed up. And <laughs> yeah, Larry that, showed that up. That kind of took a little bit of my time. but um, I've got you for 8.8 points per game as a rookie – just 1.5 rebounds. What's up with that? But you, but you shot 50% from the field yeah. as a rookie for the Celtics, 78-79. Well, you know, the thing they don't have on there is when I was a rookie, I led the league in foul shots for a long time, but I didn't shoot enough, so I mm. couldn't qualify. Um, so that was – but, yeah, I had a decent rookie year. And- 146 free throw attempts as a rookie. Yeah, and you had to have – I can't remember what you had to have. I think you had to have – Average two a game, so I didn't, and I kind of dropped off. I was like in the high nineties for a long, long time. But you know, I had a, I had a good rookie year. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Had a great opportunity. I had two coach changes. Um, I thought Dave Cowens was a player coach, kind of like the old days with Bill Russell. And yeah, it was pretty fun. It was fun to do that. And then Bill Fitch came, and it, things changed a little bit for me. 81% career free throw percentage for Jeff Judkins, who Booyah. is joining us in studio, BYU Sports Nation, Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton here talking to the former Boston Celtic and current BYU women's head basketball coach. Obviously, we want to talk about the women's team and 
another exciting season approaching. You lose the general. Oh, uh, boy. Haley Steed. but 17th uh, year senior. Ha- yeah. <laughs> no, but she literally had seven years. It's she, amazing. She's been on the team longer than anybody else but me. So what does that tell you? That tells the assistant you, co- you're not even talking to your assistants. I'm, you're just I'm, talking to Haley. I'm, I'm <laughs> but, you know, Haley now is coaching, so she's going to be with me for hopefully a few more years. Is she an assistant coach or she's a director, a director of, ops? of ops? Okay, director of ops, yeah. Nice. She'll be over a lot of things for us, and I'm excited to have Haley around. She's been a big plus for this program. Jennifer Hampson obviously is going to garner a lot of attention uh, playing basketball. For she redshirts volleyball, so she can focus solely on basketball. How does that play into your team this year? Well, I think it's it's given us a big advantage because now we're not seeing her for two hours a week. We get to see her two hours a day. I think she's in a lot better shape. Her timing's a lot better. She understands things, um, and uh, I think she's making our team. You know, I mean. When you have Jennifer come in after volleyball, I couldn't spend a lot of time with her trying to teach her certain things like how to block shots better or how to post up. I just had to get her in the situation and get her with the team. Now I have more time to do that, and I think you, I think you'll see a lot better player. You'll see a more confident player, and you'll see her being more consistent in her, in her game. When you look at her averages from last year, Jennifer Hampson, that is, 11 points per game, about nine rebounds. Uh, what's a reasonable expectation for her this year, given the fact that she is redshirting volleyball? Uh, I told her when I had my meeting with her that I expect her to score 15, 16 points a game. And she's close with nine rebounds. I think she should be close to 11, 12 rebounds a game and probably three or four block shots. I think she should be in the top five in that category, block shots. And, and I think, you know, missing all the practice, people think it's all the offense. Sometimes it's more defensive things that you lose not practicing, and I think she'll be a lot better defender, and uh, and and I think she'll do things that people say, man, why didn't you do that two years ago? So that's what I'm hoping. But I think she can be a double double. And let's remind people: Jennifer Hampson, six foot seven, six seven. There, there the two tallest players in college basketball last year: Brittany Griner of Baylor and Jennifer Hampson of BYU. She's yeah. a force. Yeah, and I, 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 I think you'll see a real a, a, a young lady who's worked hard, and hopefully have a great year. She made a big sacrifice, and because you know it's hard not being on the volleyball team, they're having a great year. And but I think she felt like she wanted to give basketball a real good shot. She's an all-American volleyball player, and, and like first you said, teamer. the team, yeah. the team's having a great year without her. When they get her back, I mean, I'm oh. sure Sean Olmstead is just. Uh, yeah, they're going to be really good next year. They're going to with her and these young players they've got de- developing now. When you look at look at Lexi Eaton, so she's your leading scorer through eight games last year, averaging almost 16 a game, tore ACL. How is she doing, and what do you expect from she's, her this year? She's come back with, I mean, she's in great shape. I mean, she looks the same Lexi Eaton, you know, and um, I think sitting out, and I know people, it's not good, not that enjoyable to sit out, but I think she learned a lot sitting there and watching the team. What she brings to our team is she can score in so many different ways. She can, her outside shot's a lot better now because she worked on it all summer without being able to, to really play full court basketball. So she's shooting the ball a lot better. She gets to the basket like she always has, has done. But she's worked hard on her pull up game. So uh, right now she's she's a force, and I, I just hope that she continues to get better. And and uh, I want her to be a complete player. My big goal for her is, hey, that's great, score your points, but you got to be a good defender. You got to be able to pass the ball. You got to be able 
to do other things on the court than just score all the time. That's something that, that we worked hard on. Jeff Judkins, former uh, Utah Ute, but more importantly, current BYU women's head basketball coach, joining us, BYU Sports Nation here. And coach, I know that it's a really cliche question to ask, you know, what are the expectations, what are the goals for the team this year, but what do you feel like this team can accomplish and wants to accomplish in terms of the West Coast Conference and the NCAA tournament? Well, I, I think what's going to happen is we have our media next week, and I bet we'll be picked in the middle of the pack, which is great. I mean, losing Haley, there's no question. You, you look at that and you say, but I think people don't realize Lexi Eaton was a good player. We lost not just a great player last year, but we lost an all-league player. And we lost a player that really what our team needed. We needed somebody to, to, that could score. Kim Beeston's gotten the best shape I've seen her since she's been here. Uh, Steph Rivetti has worked very hard to get back from her injuries. Kylie is coming back with her ACL, and she is ready to go forward. A lot of you didn't get to see Kristen Fuller play. She's probably the best scorer, all-around scorer that I've coached in a long, long time. Jen now is going to be able to focus on it. And probably one of the biggest surprises, and I knew this girl would, would come, is, is, is Morgan Bailey. Morgan had flashes last year of being one of the most dominating players in the conference, and then she kind of kind of went out. And I, her big goal right now is to be consistent. And I think she's really tried, tried to do that. And so um, it's going to be a fun year. Let's end on this. Are you the best shooter on the women's basketball team? The players, the coaches, are you the best shooter? I'm the best shooter in BYU. <laughs> Men's team, Men's everybody? Men's team, every team. He's yes. still got it. He's still, still got, got it. it. Yeah, we, we need a boom shakalaka for that. Yeah. What we really need boom is... Boom shakalaka! Yes. Yeah. We, we need Juddy at Boom Shock Lock in the three-point contest this Friday. You can catch the women's team next Tuesday. Blue and white scrimmage. I'm assuming that's free. It's just free. To show up mm-hmm. Next Tuesday night, 7 Mountain uh, time at the Marriott Center. And then the first exhibition on BYU Radio is November 1st. That's a Friday against Colorado Mesa University. Coach Judkins, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming yeah, in. Nice to have you. I have one run trivia question. Yeah. Yes. That you guys can so see you can get the answer, see if somebody can get this. Okay. Uh, play, a player in Boston played for the Boston Celtics, the Red Sox, and the Bruins. Tell me who the name of that player is. Wow! And it might not no have happened. Clue. It might not have happened the same year, but that, in a per, a player's play, career. But it played. They played for the Red Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics. And I've never not, heard of this. It's not Danny Ainge. A lot of people say he it's played Danny for the Blue Jays. Ainge. Yeah, it's not Danny Ainge. I have no idea. You stumped us. Who is it? You really don't know. No clue. Okay, the guy's name is Gene Conley. He played the organ. Oh! No! Judy yeah. bringing it! <laughs> of course. So there you go. There you go. But oh, some great fantastic. memories. What a great game last night. Yeah. I was pulling for the Red Sox. What a great day for Boston. Yeah, great day for Boston. Boston Collie with the Patriots. And, yeah. of course, uh, yeah. the comeback. Well, thanks for, the for having Sox. me on, guys. Thank Appreciate you. It. Great to have you, Coach. All right, up next, ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich on the importance of BYU's next two games and what an 18-point win over Georgia Tech does for BYU football on the national landscape, if anything. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. What is up? It's a Monday, October 14th. Tonight on True Blue with Dave McCann, BYU head basketball coach Dave Rose is in studio to talk about his alma mater, Houston, big football game between BYU and Houston, uh, as well as discuss the upcoming men's basketball season and boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
Also, a story about former BYU basketball player Nick Martineau and how he's working his way into the NBA as a statistician from Kathy Aiken. That'll be fun. Boom shakalaka never gets old. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> Love it. From NBA Jam, if you missed that. We should mention, uh, oh, so True Blue tonight, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Should mention Cody Hoffman's catch, his touchdown catch. Number three on Saturday. Top in the 10 top Sports 10 Center. Sports Center. Number six on the weekend. That's top going up place. against the NFL. Yeah. Fantastic. Nicely done, Cody Hoff. An incredible catch. Uh, we welcome in the man who dominates this show on Monday, Trevor Maddich. It's another Maddich Monday. And we welcome him on after a BYU win over Georgia Tech. Uh, Trevor, first and foremost, the Cougars win by 18, but that first half from Taysom Hill really showed a lot of things to BYU Sports Nation. What do you think? Yeah, he, you know, he, the whole passing game has improved so much in the, the last three weeks as opposed to the first two, and it's, it's not just Taysom. Uh, the receivers have done better. The offensive line has given them a little bit better protection. So there's incremental improvement there, which is important. But the first three games, uh, Taysom averaged 35% completion percentage, 35. And that includes a lot of drop passes by the receivers. Uh, in the last three games, he's averaged 65%. And part of that's Taysom, part of it's protection, but part of it, too, is the receivers. And, and I think as a whole, and, and part of it also is Robert and I, the offensive coordinator, helping Taysom to put him in a position to be able to make these completions. And, and they're not just short passes. They're throwing the ball down the field at times as well. So, I mean, we're seeing a huge improvement over the last three games of this Cougar passing game, and that really bodes well because the running game is still rolling along. Talking with uh, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Trevor, what kind of difference in play calling have you noticed the last well, couple games? Well, what I see is I see Robert realizing what some of the limitations of the receivers are. And what he's doing is he's rolling out Taysom into different places. As you watch him going forward now in the next few games, watch the launch point. That's the place that he actually sets up to throw the ball. And at times it's a crazy, wild, sporadic thing because he's trying to escape a rush and he'll throw it from wherever he can. But most of the time, it'll be intentional. And he'll set it up either right behind the center. He'll do a half roll. He'll do a full roll. He'll do a bootleg. But the point is that he'll throw the ball from different places. Now, that does a couple of things to the defense. One is that it changes the way they can rush the passer. If it was just drop back and it was always right behind the center, the pass rushers would be able to pre-plan an awesome pass rush move, and at the snap they'd be able to throw that move on the offensive lineman, and if that didn't work, a pre-planned counter, and they knew where the quarterback would launch the ball. But by moving it around, all of a sudden the defender has to find out where the quarterback is before he can figure out what kind of move to make. So that helps the offensive line. But also it helps because you do want to give the quarterback some easy throws, especially early in the game, and, and in this game, Certainly they did that. Taysom got off to a hot start in part because there were some easy throws there. But one way to make it an easy throw is to take away what the defense is trying to take away from you, which is they'll want to get a linebacker between the quarterback and the receiver to make the quarterback make a harder throw. It's got to go over that linebacker. Well, by moving the pocket, you get an angle. And so you can throw it directly at the receiver without a linebacker between quarterback and receiver. And so things like this are what Robert's doing, and he's doing a really good job of understanding what the receiver's capabilities are, what Taysom's capabilities are, and giving them easy completions early in games.
ESPN college football expert and former BYU football national champion Trevor Maddich joining us from ESPN headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut. And Trevor, given the offensive improvement, it's got to help the defense mentality and their confidence. Plus, the defense has scored in three straight games a safety against Middle Tennessee, touchdown pick six for Kyle Vanoy against Utah State, and then Alani Fua had a pick six, pick six against Georgia Tech. What is happening to make the defense so tough for BYU? You know, this is it's, it's crazy what's happening with the defense. The, the bottom line is how well they are being in the right place and doing the right technique. It, it's astonishing to me to compare BYU's defense to, to other defenses where you've got guys flying around the field with other defenses. But often where they're flying is kind of random. And how they're flying is kind of random. And you'll see defenders come up and just knock the socks off of a, of a ball carrier because they fly up and they drill him. But then the next play they'll fly up, try to drill him, and miss. And what you see with BYU is that instead of just flying up there and like an unguided missile, they will close with the ball carrier. They will keep their feet. They will maintain their relationship with the sideline and with other defenders that are coming to help. And they'll still hit them hard. They'll, they'll, they'll hit them really hard. But they are secure with it. When it's time for a Cougar defender to make a tackle, he makes that tackle. And we saw that on the last play of the third quarter with Spencer Hadley. Now, he did a, a fantastic job of closing with Georgia Tech quarterback Vad Lee. Lee's a really elusive guy. He tried to elude Hadley. But Hadley wasn't an unguided missile. He kept his feet. He kept his technique. He kept his leverage. And he made the play. And, you know, when you talk about the fundamentals of defense, these guys are as well coached as anybody I've watched tape on in the entire country. That includes the Alabamas and Michigan States of the world. Wow. That's quite a compliment. But given that BYU has done what they're doing right now defensively, and and not just this year but last year, I think it's probably noteworthy and and well-deserved. And I want to know, Trevor, is BYU turning into a team known for its defense more than its its offense the last year and a half? The defense really is what's keeping them uh, in games. You know, they, they, and that's kind of weird. You know, we're more accustomed to winning desperate shootouts. But really, when BYU has been at its best over the years, the defense has been underappreciated. Back in the national championship year of 1984, there were several shutouts and several games where the offense wasn't clicking, and the defense flat out won the game. As a matter of fact, the, the Hawaii game in 1984 where Kyle Morrell Left over the Hawaii line there at the goal line at the snap. One of the best plays ever. Hawaii quarterback, right, grabbed him by the back of the jersey and pulled him back, which held them to a field goal there instead of a touchdown in a game that we won by less than a touchdown. We got that on Sports Center actually. We were talking about uh, about um, you know winning national championships and all the things that have to work into your favor and teams of destiny and all that on Sports Center. And I told him to pull that play because that play was one of the things that told us, hey, this thing is going our way. The balls are bouncing our direction. And when we've got guys playing like that, you know, we have a chance here. And so Kyle Morrell made SportsCenter a couple of weeks ago, which is, which is pretty good. But as far as – so when defenses – when BYU has been good, their defenses have been overshadowed in terms of publicity by the offense. But it's, the defenses have been like this defense, although I really believe that the last – four years have been the best defenses of BYU's uh, history, at least that I've been around. And you've got to give a lot of credit to defensive coordinator Nick Howell because he, you talk about the scores. Alani Fua 
that pick six was a lot like Kyle Van Noy's pick six the week before against Utah State, where they didn't rush upfield to set a hard edge. They stayed back. And part of that was to play the option because Utah State and Georgia Tech have option principles. They're different, but the principles are similar. Uh, and part of that, too, is, the, is understanding where they like to go with the football in the passing game. Both times, Nick Howell, defensive coordinator, put his outside linebacker, two different outside linebackers, directly in the passing lane where they expected that ball to go. Both guys were in the exact right spot. They jumped up, caught the ball, and scored a touchdown. And so what's happening with BYU's defense right now is not accidental. This is a well-coached, well-disciplined team. Don't forget that they're also talented, but they're well-coached and well-disciplined. Talking with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and I just looked up, uh, you referenced 84, 11 of the 13 games, the defense allowed 17 points or less. And just one shutout, but that's a tremendous number. 11 of the 13. Right, and and they didn't get credit for that because the offense was lighting it up. I think you know our average touchdown drive that year was probably about a minute and a half. And so we got all the credit on that side of the ball, but that's one of the reasons we were good was because the defense was so good, and we had to face them in practice. I'll tell you, games were easier than practice. Okay, Trevor Maddich, I know we've got about 90 seconds left. We want to address some things very quickly before we lose your expert analysis. First of all, I know you love Ethan Manu Maleuna. Bronco Mendenhall says that guy doesn't get enough credibility and has NFL talent but is flying under the radar. Give us a quick perspective on Ethan before we start talking about Houston and Boise State. In, in, the, in BYU's style of defensive front, a guy that plays nose guard or even defensive end, because Ethan was outside in this game an awful lot, his job is not to make plays, it's to make piles. And that allows the linebackers to run around and make plays. But you saw Ethan eat up blockers, I mean two blockers at a time, over and over and over again. And in a scheme like Georgia Tech that requires the offensive lineman to get to the level of the linebackers for it to work, they weren't able to get there. Because Ethan chewed him up and spit him out. And he never would get a stat for that. The linebacker gets the stat. Tackle for loss. Tackle for loss. Whoa, look at those great linebackers. But they were running free a lot. Give them credit. They made the play. But Ethan was eating the dirt and eating the grass and taking the pain and making it work. 13 and chews. So, oh, it's fantastic. Against Georgia. 13 chews. Are we going to say that? No. <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> the choose stat. And finally, Trevor, BYU has an undefeated Houston team. They haven't really beat anybody, but they are undefeated, so they carry that, that lure. Uh, beating Houston, and let's say BYU goes on to beat Boise State, what would those two wins do for BYU nationally? Uh, very likely to get them back into the top 25 because people see the trajectory of the offense you know, as it's getting better and the defense playing at that high level. Houston, though, is a tough out. They are undefeated. They haven't played anybody, but keep this in mind. One of their previous head coaches, Art Bryles, went on to Baylor, where he is now, and is leading one of the best offenses in the country and coached RG3 to the Heisman Trophy a couple of years ago. He turned it over to Kevin Sumlin to keep the program rolling at Houston. Sumlin just went to Texas A&M, and he lit up the SEC and coached Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, to the Heisman Trophy last year. And they're doing really well now, this year. I almost beat Alabama, for goodness sake. And now they've got a new coach, but it's the same program, the same talent pool. And so Houston is, a, is an under-the-radar team nationally that even though they haven't been tested, they are extremely capable. So don't sleep on them and just wait for, for Boise and Wisconsin and Notre Dame to roll in, because Houston's a tough game. Don't sleep on them. I 
I look forward to the matchup, uh, Cougars and Cougars, this Saturday. Trevor Maddich, we appreciate the time. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN. We love Mondays. Talking to Trevor, get the national perspective from ES- an ESPN analyst, a former Cougar. Fun angle. And fun that he's in Bristol and can suggest BYU kind of things, and then they get on ESPN. Comrell's playing 84. Let's show it, baby. And, and it they gets do. on, yeah. And they fantastic. do. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around plus Austin Colley making big-time NFL news. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. You can see Tyler Haas and the BYU basketball team at Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka. Yeah, this Friday night. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jeremy Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Austin Colley, two catches, 24 yards, both in the final game-winning drive from Tom Brady. One on fourth down. Colley yeah. making a statement with the Patriots. He's now caught passes from Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, one of only two players to do that. They get a huge come-from-behind win against the New Orleans Saints. Ziggy Ansah, two tackles and a win versus the Browns. Brian Keel with the Redskins, one tackle and a loss to the Cowboys. And Brett Kiesel of the Steelers, three tackles and a win versus the Jets. Women's volleyball. BYU sweeping San Francisco on Saturday afternoon to stay undefeated in conference play. It's 7-0. Ten straight wins for the Cougars. BYU traveling to Portland and Gonzaga this week. Soccer. BYU lost 2-1 on Saturday at Santa Clara. The Cougars host a pair of conference games this week on BYU TV. Thursday against Pepperdine. Saturday against LMU. Both start at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Bring on the waves and the Lions. I want to tease what's coming up a little bit later this week. Blaine Fowler uh, tomorrow on the show, former BYU quarterback, BYU TV football analyst. And uh, just got word we'll talk to Houston head coach Tony Levine later in the week. Uh, Zach McMillan as well, uh, Houston cornerback. So coaches and players from Houston will join BYU Sports Nation. Our rise and shout goes to Austin Collie. I know we touched on it a moment ago, but... The two catches, yeah, okay, he only had two catches, but he came in at the very end of the game because that wide receiving core got even more depleted. And on a timing route on fourth down, made a huge catch. Tom Brady showing huge trust in Austin Collard to even throw that pass as he's coming out of the break, reaches back, grabs it, and then a couple plays later they're throwing for the game-winning touchdown. So Austin Collie back in the NFL game in the spotlight and uh, a big part of the Boston party going on right now because of the huge Sunday that the Red Sox and the Patriots had. Let's finish with a couple of tweets. At Vanquish the Foe, a fan website, uh, says they ought to add Jeff Judkins to the Boom Shakalaka three-point contest and give him a chance Boom to— Boom Shakalaka! Yeah! And give him a chance <laughs> to remove the self-proclaimed from that title of best three-point shooter at BYU. He was in studio, Jeff Judkins, said he was the best. Uh, here's uh, at TJ Hold talking of Austin Collie. Caught two huge passes yesterday. Talk about clutch. That's BYU Radio's motto, right? Talk about clutch. <laughs> at CVD6262. It wasn't just Ethan, but Marcus Johnson as well, referring to the nose tackle. See him disrupt the O-line on this KVN sack, and then he sends a link. Hey, big thanks to our guests, Austin Jorgensen, Jeff Judkins, Trevor Maddich, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer 
Aaron Evans. Every afternoon, go to youtube.com slash BYU Radio to check out the archived episode of the show. For Spencer, I am Jerem. Have a good Monday. You've listened to BYU Sports Nation. Boom shakalaka! Boom shakalaka!